Hi, everybody, and welcome to Open Matters. I'm your host, Guy Martin, and I'm also the executive director of Oasis Open. Our world is constantly changing, and I think we all know this, especially in the time we are going through with COVID-19, and so is the technology landscape. I'm about six months into my tenure here at Oasis, but I've been involved in open source for more than half of my career, and I've really seen the power that it brings to innovation and how it can change our everyday lives. However, I've also had the benefit of using and relying on standards throughout my career, and I appreciate the benefits that they bring in terms of stability and interoperability. It's also apparent to me that there's a bit of an artificial divide still between standards and open source, and the main reason I took this role at Oasis is I really think that, um, that Oasis and myself can help bring these communities together. My hope with this forum, Open Matters, is that it can play a small, small, small part in helping us achieve that goal. So I'm excited about this series, and I look forward to many great discussions and debates as we work to unify this open development ecosystem. However, for this inaugural episode, I'm delighted to welcome Gershon Jansen, the Oasis Board of Directors Chairperson to the program. Hi, Gershon. Thanks for being here. Hi, Guy. Happy to be here today. Awesome. So before we dive in, Gershon, you've been at Oasis for quite a while in a lot of different roles. Could you give us a brief introduction of yourself? Sure. So I'm an independent technology strategist and solutions architect based out of Europe. Uh, I live in Amsterdam and typically involved in contracted work for large organizations and government in my own country, the Netherlands, and across Europe. I mostly design large backend systems requiring lots of B2B integrations. And as you might recognize, without standards, that's a really painful exercise. So back in 2008, I joined Oasis at that time for the, the regular standards technical committee work, specifically for a standard called Beeple for People. Uh, because I was involved in a project for the government where they were looking uh, for human interactions in business process execution language uh, um, uh, bits and pieces of the system. So I joined the technical committee at that time and from the start I was really amazed by uh, how Oasis was able to run such a standardization project and how we would get practical advice and support from staff if we were um, 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 kind of at a, at a stop and not knowing what to do. Uh, so from that, I always have, a, have had a weakness for standardization and interoperability, if you will. Uh, so I kind of developed this professional deformation, if you want to, that drove me to spend more time on standard setting activities. So one thing led to the other, and I participated in quite a few Oasis technical committees uh, until somebody asked me, um, so do you want to deepen your involvement on a more strategic and governance level by joining the board? I thought about it for a little while and I went through the election process. And uh, well, since then, uh, I've been on the board for about eight years now and serving as the chairman for the most uh, recent years. Awesome. Thanks, Gershon. Uh, a quick note for all of you out there listening, we're going to have an opportunity for questions later. We'd ask you to please make sure that you raise your hand in Zoom and give us your name and we'll make sure that uh, and also make sure that you get your microphone properly configured. Also, please be aware, everybody, that this session is being recorded so that we can put it on our YouTube channel later. So with those preliminaries out of the way, Gershon, let's kind of dive right in and talk about open source and standards. What do you, can you talk about what you see as the changing world of open source and standards today? Yeah, that's a very good question, uh, Guy. Thank you very much. So the change is mostly in the fact that open source communities kind of value code over standards. Uh, they want to work towards a goal and have tangible running components, which is great. 
But open source does not necessarily give you interoperability uh, and it does not give you all the benefits you typically uh, like and get from open standards. And also to remember, um, typically large organizations and governments, uh, when they want to adopt a certain work product or a certain uh, component, uh, they typically need a little more than, than code alone. So while both are uh, important, uh, the journey uh, is a little bit different. Uh, where over 20 years ago, uh, we created specifications and built code for doing interrupt testing. It's now more like the other way around. Uh, we build code and hatch out the overarching rules or standards to harmonize all of it. But it's not easy to move from code into standards right away. Standards require things like certain milestones, uh, transparency, open reviews, uh, open balloting process and an inclusive process. Um, licensing is also an important topic, if not one of the most important pieces in this puzzle. So joining up the both of them, allowing an almost transient path from standardization, uh, from open source development, um, actually touches uh, on an important need. Awesome. Okay. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that you've been with, with Oasis for quite a while now. And, and you touched a little bit on what you what you thought some of the the strengths were, but do you have any more things you can talk about about where you think Oasis has some some really good strengths and and what do you think the challenges are within the organization? Obviously, we're we're changing as an organization. We named this episode this first episode Oasis Next Generation for a reason. So, what do you have to to say about that? <laughs> okay, so let me think. Um, to start with, I believe Oasis is a great place for standards work. Uh, whether it's originating from draft pieces of specification or fragments of code or just a group of stakeholders with a great idea. All of those, uh, we've seen them over uh, the last uh, two decades. And this can be done in many uh, areas of interest, cybersecurity, privacy, identity, localization, emergency management, just to name a few. Uh, Oasis has projects in all of those ongoing. So what is really interesting is that Oasis provides a solid and transparent process uh, for standards development. Everybody can easily join and participate, all playing by the same rules, bringing stability, fairness, transparency, and reliability to the process. Uh, we are uh, an international organization. We work asynchronous, we are inclusive and accessible. And it doesn't really matter if you live in the US or in Europe or in Asia or some rural area down in New Zealand. There is always a mode of work to, uh, to, to, to get things done. And on top of that, we have very accessible and experienced staff to support groups uh, um, along the way in every step. So many of the groups work with regular teleconference meetings and face-to-face -face meetings, but that's not mandatory. Uh, we have uh, groups that do their work entirely by on-list email communications or even solely through Skype chat. So those are uh, quite a few interesting uh, elements that uh, uh, already are available at Oasis and I think are really uh, strengths that Oasis brings to the marketplace as an established uh, standards org. I think there are certainly challenges with respect to the perception of standards work and proportionally growing along with new developments. Uh, developments of standards is often perceived as slow, if not very slow, a uh, process with lots of meetings, discussions, uh, mandatory steps, et cetera, et cetera. And, and sure, you, you don't uh, get an approved standard overnight and there are requirements uh, for getting there. 
but it's uh, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a long process necessarily. I've been part, for example, of a technical committee that was pretty much in agreement and asked Oasis staff actually to help them figure out how to move uh, as quickly as possible because there wasn't much uh, debate on certain bits and pieces of the standard. We just wanted to get to the end goal, which was an open and approved standard. And I think we reached that milestone in about nine to 12 months. So it was pretty, wow. a pretty nice accomplishment. Uh, but also the inclusion of new, mates, new modes of work, uh, like embracing open source and having the right licensing and the proper tools to support the process and knowledge to guide groups and the backend to support all of it. Um, and, and packaging this into a product. I, I think that's a, a challenge uh, mm. that we're up against. Um, uh, and I think we've been working on that really hard in the last three to four years uh, to um, try to figure out what those challenges are and how we can uh, move about. And I think that we uh, got to a great new product called Open Projects, and we'll get to that in a bit, I assume. Yep. Um, and, and I think that addresses many of the, the, uh, the things we can do for the marketplace in the future. Uh, awesome. I, and I, I don't think we're there yet. We need to refine and fine tune and optimize things, but uh, all in due time, of course. Right. And, and, and yes, and we, we may touch upon that a little bit later. Staff and I have been working on kind of what the, again, what the next generation looks like. But it's a great segue that you mentioned earlier is, uh, can you tell us why Oasis made this pivot to, to start open projects and where you see the value of the de jure standards process attached to what we have in open projects? Got it. So um, I'd, I'd rather not call it pivoting, more embracing open source. Mm. Okay. Uh, open source is very much complementary to standards and um, you do many of the same things. Uh, so you start from a different basis. Uh, the processes are very alike. Uh, there are uh, basically not that many differences. So we needed to work on this to support the demand uh, for it. Uh, I think we had a discussion back in the past that uh, you might be able to support an open source project already and bring it to standardization, uh, but our process is not really optimized uh, to make that happen. And uh, new communities have a kind of a different mode of working and they want to play by different rules and they have different licensing uh, requirements. So uh, they're, 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 we needed to do something in order to uh, allow a place for those communities as well. So we try to package the notion of open source and standards together with licensing, uh, modal work and structure and process, and actually added this to our product line as open projects. And, and I believe we did a pretty great job at that. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me as I started on this in this role, uh, especially existing members who may be listening now, if we are putting this focus on open projects or support, supporting open projects, does that mean we're putting less emphasis on standards? No, certainly not. Uh, standards is one of the core pillars at Oasis. Uh, that work will still be there as, let's say, a premier supported product like we've always done. We mm. added, I guess, pro open projects to the product line to help communities to better find a mode of work that fits their needs. Um, remember, we, we uh, have uh, existing uh, standards activities going on like AMQP or MQTT or OData uh, that came to Oasis to standardize, uh, but they were actually open source projects. Uh, so they found a mode uh, to, to work along, but I think um, 
if, if you think about matters now and reflect back on it, uh, I think open projects would have been a better uh, pattern for them rather than to work with the TC process, although very possible. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and that's what I've said to everybody who's asked as well, which is that, that my job is not to make us completely open source, it's to bring open source and standards to a great middle ground where we actually take advantage of those, advantage of the, the strengths of Oasis, the reputation we have, all the relationships we have. So, um, but as we talk about open source and standards communities, obviously there's going to be some compromises that, that you need. So what kinds of compromises do you think the standards and the open source communities need to make to work more effectively together? Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's compromising. It's more like finding a mode of work that serves both. So mm -hmm. let's say you have a great piece of work and like to bring stability, fairness, transparency, and reliability. Uh, to uh, open source code ready for standards work. You basically need to agree on a few things like a mode of work, governance, uh, the licensing method, and, and maybe, I, I guess, most importantly, a stable home to make sure everybody plays by the book. Uh, and I guess with that in place, uh, stakeholders from both communities can work together uh, with not that many differences compared to how they work now. So I'm, I'm not so much about compromises. I, I think it's more like uh, joining up uh, the, uh, the similarities between uh, the existing uh, processes uh, between communities already. Awesome. Yeah, look, looking for that common ground, I think, is a really good theme and, and something I know that, that we've been talking about a lot in staff. So it's great that you're also committed to that. So um, kind of looking forward, if you're looking ahead, you know, in the next 18 months to, to three to five years, what are you the, what are you the most excited about, uh, about what's going on at Oasis? Um, let, let, let's first start that I think Oasis is uh, still a uh, premier organization for hosting all of your standards work. I think that's still uh, uh, one of the, the core product lines uh, that will, as I said, continue to support in full. But I'm very much excited about open projects. Uh, we have this great new product, if I say so myself, uh, that allows you to do those things that you'd like to do. Uh, so whether you're interested in cybersecurity or privacy, identity or emergency management, um, you, you can bring that seat corner work, uh, stake, stakeholders and, and maintainers, uh, determine how you want to work, uh, set the licensing and off you go. Uh, I, I think Oasis is a great organization to be uh, the home for these kinds of projects. Um, as we have 25 years plus track record, uh, we have an, a very experienced staff and uh, we enjoy fast industry recognition. So I, I think with those elements combined together, uh, we're looking at a very exciting future with um, many projects uh, is, is my field, looking for standardization, looking to combine open source uh, with and, and, and standards, um, and, and we have a place for them to join up. Right, right. Um, so kind of along those lines, uh, if somebody is interested uh, and is listening or is listening to this and the recording is interested in our open projects effort, how would you suggest they get involved? Um, I think the, the first thing one would do who's interested in, in open projects is maybe have a look at our website. We have uh, oasis-open-projects.org. 
uh, it's out there. It, it, yeah, it, it provides uh, some base information on open projects. Uh, but I guess the best way to have an informed discussion about this is to connect anybody on staff. Uh, bring your idea, uh, have a sense of stakeholders and, and uh, how you want to move forward and engage in a discussion with our staff to see uh, what best fits your needs. Uh, open projects might be the sweet spot for you, uh, but it might as well be uh, another product uh, that we have within Oasis. Uh, but uh, I think a discussion with staff, because there are so many elements uh, to doing uh, open source and open projects together, I think it's useful to have that discussion. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's one of the things that, that obviously I've appreciated as I've started here at Oasis is that we have staff with a, a very wide set of experience, but also a very deep set of experience in, 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 in the standard side and, and, and in the open source side as well. So. Awesome. So with that, I think we're going to open it up to any questions from our listeners. So um, I will ask our moderator if we have any questions from listeners. Well, while we wait to see if anyone has any questions, I think we did receive a couple in advance. So if okay. uh, Dee would like to read those, that would be lovely. Sure. I'd be happy to. Okay. I'm Dee Shore. I'm on the OASIS staff. We did receive some questions um, in advance. So uh, the first question that I think relates very directly to the conversation that you were just having. Um, the question is, you've said that one of the features of the program is a pathway to international standardization. I know how that works today uh, for OASIS in an established technical committee structure, but how do you make that work as an open, in the open source project, in the open projects, I guess is what they meant. Sure, sure. Uh, Gershon, do you wanna take a stab at that first or would you like me to? Sure, no, I, I can speak to this um, and, and um, feel, feel free to jump in and help me out here, Scott. Uh, sorry, a guy um, speaking to so many members of staff that you sometimes uh, swap up names. We all sort of kind of fold together. <laughs> so um, in, indeed, one of the features we have is that you can move into uh, formal standardization. Uh, that might be an Oasis open standard. Uh, but even if you would like, uh, you could move to one of the de jure organizations like ISO or ITU uh, to get your uh, standard approved there. OASIS has, uh, from the old days, uh, a pathway uh, that allows us to uh, push standards uh, by a certain process uh, to those organizations and get those ratified. So how, did you, how do you do this from an, an open projects uh, style project? Now, the key thing here is that when you uh, set your project up like an open project, uh, we organize for a few things. You have an, uh, a licensing policy. Uh, you have a governance structure. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a programming board uh, that sits on top of the whole initiative. Uh, we uh, have a, a certain process. Uh, and uh, the artifacts that are coming out of the work uh, which is being uh, executed um, within uh, the efforts uh, the community takes, um, uh, given that we have a certain structure in place, you can easily move those as you have some basic uh, elements in place, you can move those elements into a standardization process. Sure, you still need to run through a few cycles like the... Uh, um, uh, a, a public review, do some balloting and voting, but all of these mechanisms are available to you so you can actually execute on those and from there you can easily move into standardization. Uh, 
not having these elements in place. So let's say you just, uh, me and Guy, we just uh, uh, dream up some, some, some cool new feature and we want to build a project out of this. So we start coding and we, we go into hideout mode for a month and we build something beautiful. And there we go. Uh, but we need, we like to push for a certain standardization. It's difficult to engage in that standardization when you don't have the structure uh, set up around it because uh, who's managing it, uh, uh, who's providing stability, uh, what sort of license modes anyway. And what if I were to walk away or a guy was to walk away, the whole thing collapses. So with open projects, you have this structure that allows you to move into that direction easily. Right. And I think yeah, you kind of hit on it. It's the rigor. It's the fact that, that there's a rigor and a governance model that is makes it easier to go to these de jure standards organizations and show here's what here's what happened. Here's what the governance looked like. And, you know, you also pointed out earlier, Gershon, that projects like AMQP, MQTT and OData basically did the same thing with us. They came to us before we had open projects, but had they had we had this uh, product at the time, that would have been something that would have been a natural nice fit for them. So yeah. awesome. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Okay. So I don't see anyone from our attendees yet. Don't be shy. So let <laughs> me uh, look at another one of these that was that was sent in. Okay. What do you see as the most pressing challenge facing uh, open source and open standards? And how does um, the OP program address those? Gershon, again, you want to you want to go or you want me you want me to go? Okay. Well, let you'll have a stab at this first. Oh, the stab at this one first. Awesome. Okay. I mean, I think we we touched on it in the previous answer. The ability to have rigor um, and and coming from the open source world, where I've spent I've spent the majority of my career, um, it's awesome. And we we do these these very iterative releases, and sometimes the governance isn't always the first thing that we we deal with. So I think that that is a challenge sometimes, as Gershon used in his example of getting to a standardization uh, process. So I think um, kind of embracing a little more rigor on the on the front end of an open source project is important. And I think the open projects effort and the work that and, and sort of the templates and staff experience that we have really lets you do that. Um, and then I think that kind of from the open standards side, Gershon mentioned it earlier, right? Uh, when I when I took this role, a lot of the folks in my open source community were like, wow, going to standards, that just seems like a very strange career move, right? Because it's viewed as slow and ponderous and, and you know, takes forever to get things done. And, and you know, obviously in my research with, with uh, this role for Oasis, uh, I found that that's not always the case. And Gershon mentioned, right, a nine to 12 month uh, process in in some cases when you have all of the players involved and they know what they they need to do. So, I think the the biggest thing that I see in the open projects effort is that it's got the staff, it's got the process, um, and and it's got the reputation of Oasis to to sort of be able to bring these things together and and really, again, marry marry the best of open source and standards. Yeah, and and maybe guy to to add to that, I, I maybe can provide you with a, a recent example uh, where I was involved in a discussion. Uh, so um, I'm working with local government in the Netherlands, uh, and they they called me uh, for a discussion about how to approach uh, certain uh, new developments. Uh, so the use case is, is uh, I need to give you a bit of context here. So this will be like a, a 15 second primer. Uh, the use case is really simple. They, they, they told me uh, we have in the Netherlands 400 different municipalities and they all need to interoperate with each other. Um, they do have autonomy in how to arrange this, uh, but, but they, they, there's uh, government pressure that they need to work together and exchange data with each other. And, and this is data on a lot of different domains. 
So for years, they've been trying to do this and, and they've been trying to work from specifications and uh, get to actually uh, running uh, products. Uh, but that doesn't bring them the solutions quick enough and it's difficult and it takes a lot of time. So they actually modified their approach uh, and they said, uh, we, we now have small groups uh, and, and we, we get them together and we ask them to tackle certain difficult issues uh, uh, just by uh, trying to do a small um, open source style development uh, and see if it uh, works for us. And if that all works, uh, we'll attach this to a standardization process so we can actually use it. Uh, because please remember, um, uh, governments are not allowed to use stuff just like that. They need to go to this rigorous program where they are asked, uh, like, uh, is this a standard? Is this on a comply or explain list? Uh, has this been ratified? What are previous experiences? What organization is backing this? It's a, it's a huge process. If you bring standards from a, a reputable standards organization, uh, all of those difficult questions basically fade away pretty easily. Uh, so while I was talking with them, I actually uh, told them, guys, you, you are actually doing uh, something we have a solution for. Uh, you develop open source code, you want to move into standardization. I think we should talk a little bit about this. So whether it's large or small um, or generic or domain specific, uh, I think open projects uh, can be used in, in, on many different occasions. Agreed. Uh, thanks. Uh, any other questions, Dee, or uh, or anyone else from the audience? Okay, Jane, do we have anything yet from the audience? Uh, no, I'm not seeing any hands up yet. So I think uh, I, I think you had another question uh, that I was do. sent in, in advance. I have, okay. I have one more that was sent in. Okay, here's the last question that I have. What should I consider when evaluating whether my project is a good fit to bring to Oasis? Like that question. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm happy to jump in first. Uh, uh, yeah, feel, feel free. <laughs> so um, I think if you would like to determine if uh, your project is fit for Oasis, um, for, first of all, you should have a discussion with our staff and run through this. But before you engage in that discussion, it might be helpful to think about a few things. Like, um, what is it that I'm working on? Uh, what is it that I would like uh, to develop? Uh, who are those stakeholders who are involved in my community that supports this development effort? Um, try to find some diversity in your uh, stakeholder group and um, have a list of those so you know uh, who's involved in this. But also, uh, who are the editors or maintainers or contributors? So you have a good sense of how your small little ecosystem works and uh, how you want to take this forward. Uh, then you can engage in a discussion with staff and uh, talk about all the different bits and pieces, uh, licensing modes. Uh, uh, maybe there are um, vendors that are involved that have certain requirements or uh, they have a certain... Um, uh, a certain motive of working into a different direction and staff can guide you through all of those uh, difficult questions to see if this is a fit for you. That, that would be my first approach, to be honest. 
And the one thing I'd add to that is that we, we've sort you sort of framed it as your small ecosystem, and that and that's definitely the case. We have a lot of small projects that come and grow at Oasis, but I think we're also a place where large governments have come to us and said, "Hey, we've got this effort that we either want to make an open project, or maybe bring in and use our foundation as a service effort, which we we just launched recently, um, officially launched, but it's been around for a while." So I think. Um, I would look at it and say, sort of, what are you hoping to get out of, of coming to a foundation? If you're hoping to come to a place that's got a lot of very deep relationships across this open development ecosystem, Oasis is a, is a great place for that. Yeah, and, and maybe to add to this, it's, it's um, not a, it's not immediately clear or not always immediately clear uh, how, how this works. Um, believe me, and, and this was before uh, Guy was on board, uh, we, we've been working on this uh, for about three to four years to uh, figure out how this works. Uh, we've been uh, sitting in rooms discussing this, uh, going through all of the different angles on how to approach this, uh, uh, talking about RPR policies on, on processes, how we can uh, decompose some of the elements we currently have. Um, it, it, it was actually quite interesting and sometimes also a little tedious to run through all of those uh, uh, discussions uh, but but i think we have a, a very knowledgeable staff uh, and and while we ran through this exercise uh, we had wonderful conversations with uh, legal people with uh, open source uh, domain experts from large vendors who tapped into our discussion and provided them with their insights, but also what their requirements are from their perspective, what they would expect from a product or what they would expect from such a thing uh, as open source and, uh, and, and open standards together. Um, so I, I think we packaged a lot of knowledge uh, in that product, uh, which is not very easy to articulate, but it's certainly there. Uh, but I think step one is let's have a discussion and see how we can help you. I agree. So one final call, uh, any of you out there that wants to ask a question, feel free, no question off limits. Uh, you can grill Gershon or myself. So uh, one, final, uh, one final call for questions from the audience. We don't have any hands raised at this time, but they certainly can send us your questions uh, anytime. Um, we do have, uh, I'll, we'll be sending a follow-up email, which will have the link to the recording, as well as uh, an email uh, address for you to send any final questions that you might have, and we will make sure that you get your answers. Awesome. Thank you, Jane. And thank you, Dee. Appreciate your help. Uh, and one thing to keep in mind is if you want to send in not a question, but an idea or a thought for another topic for us to cover here on Open Matters, please, please do that as well. So with that, Gershon, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, this is an extremely exciting time to be at Oasis, and I know I'm incredibly thankful to be here working with you and the board and, and the amazing staff that we have. So with that, thanks to all of you out there for joining us. And until next time, thanks for listening. Pleasure being here, Guy. <laughs>